Welcome to Eureka Street Crypto. This is my anti-professional crypto channel. I'm just a barely sane dude who fell down the cryptocurrency rabbit hole. This channel is my fumbling attempt to communicate myself outside my own head about my journey in the crypto space. It is basically my brain dump. None of this is actual financial advice. Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting live. It is uh, April 26th, 2022, 5.47 in the morning. This is episode number 451. Yep. Moving on up. Keeping on adding to all the episodes in the bank, in the can. Yep. And uh, I don't know. I just keep on just doing, man. I don't even count anymore. I mean, I guess I'm counting, but it doesn't really matter. Um, <clears throat> just making stuff, man. Just continually trying to keep up with the crypto space. And uh, I, I do this a lot. I don't do it every morning anymore because I have a lot of other work to do. And sometimes I wake up early and do that work. But anyway, I've been doing this since October 24th, 2020. This is my video blog, Brain Dump. I'm not trying to shill anything, although I'll talk about stuff that I like. Um and uh, I don't make any money from this. Um, this is <laughs> I actually pay out of pocket for uh, streaming services and stuff like that uh, for software. So, yeah, this costs me money. But this is, you know, this is my time. This is my time in the morning before I have to go be an employee, a husband, a dad, a friend, everything else in life that we're expected to be. And uh, this is my time to just sit down with myself and just read things and look at things and talk to my audience, you guys. Um, you can shoot me DMs, leave a comment on YouTube, give a like or whatever, you know, that helps. I, I don't really keep up with stats, uh, but I am kind of getting close to a thousand subscribers. It's like 960 something. Um, and I guess I'm at a thousand YouTube subscribers, you can subscribe, you know, monetize or some make like what 20 bucks a month. <laughs> um, I was posting on other, um, uh, platforms like Odyssey and BitChute and stuff like that, but it's just so much work in the morning for one guy to do before, uh, he leaves to go to work. So, uh, <laughs> haven't really been posting up there. So my apologies for that. It's not that I've, you know, given up on the idea of decentralized platforms. It's just like, that's a lot of platforms. <laughs> so I'm trying to do, I, yeah, I know I'm suffering. I'm, I'm giving into convenience here, you know, and that's the convenience is, is, uh, the pitchfork of the devil, you know? So, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, when I quit my job and I go full-time Web3 and this is all I do and I'm just like podcasting for my career, <laughs> sure, I'll post on everything and every, you know, everything available, you know, uh, but yeah. Um, all right. So let's, uh, let's see here. This is not financial advice and not technical advice, not, not educational even. Okay. It's a dude. All right. All that crap aside. All right. Uh, let's go over here to the old coin gecko, see what we have going on. And, um, okay. You like my new space background? It's like, woo, flying through space. You know, <laughs> all right. Bitcoin's at 40,000 and $407.32. Last Saturday, it was, um, down to 39,000. And, uh, I mean, it, it got low, man. And Ethereum's at 29.98. So Bitcoin was below 40,000. Ethereum was below 3,000. But you know what? It still doesn't t stop the crypto heads from talking about crypto, man. Um, yeah, it's, 
This is the time when the market's kind of boring. It's been boring lately. It's literally been boring. But um, it's it's uh, you know being a degen kind of keeps it you know it keeps it interesting. So yeah, um, I was a digital asset news. Uh, he posted on Twitter. You know, I'm a degen in times like this or something like that. Yeah, man, I'm just a degen in general. But um, yeah, degenerate, total degenerate. Um, yeah. So, but. Um, Let's see what's going on with Twitter over here. Uh, a lot of interesting things been happening in Twitter. That reminds me, I want to check out the Doge price. So let's look at the prices here. Okay, so Ethereum's at twenty nine ninety eight seventy three. Tether's at stablecoin. Uh, BNB four hundred dollars and seventeen cents. Uh, USD's at ninety nine cents. Um, <clears throat> Terra ninety six fifty two. Solana actually Terra's up five point nine percent in the past week and nine percent in the past twenty four hours. So it's rebounded from its dip. Um, Solana 5.2% up in the past 24 hours to $100.38. XRP down 11.5%, up 4.2% in the past 24 hours. Cardano, um, 88 cents, up 5.3 in the past 24 hours. And the Doge, 16 cents, up 15.1% in the past week and 29% in the past 24 hours. And that is because Elon Musk. Uh, it's confirmed bot Twitter. And, um, you know, if you don't know that, you probably don't pay attention to the news at all. Um, it just might not be a bad thing, honestly. But, um, yeah. So the Doge, Jackson Palmer, you know, the original founder of Doge and Billy Marcus. Billy Marcus seems cool, but Jackson Palmer is probably just freaking eating his toenails right now. He's just not. Yeah, he did not like Doge um, after he invented it and the way it went. And, you know, it's. Thought it went the wrong direction. And he and he, you know, stomped off and uh, went off into the the ether space. And you know, he, he talks about it here and there in articles and interviews and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he's definitely probably would not like Elon Musk owning his former project. <laughs> well, no, Elon Musk doesn't own Dogecoin. Sorry, I, I need to clarify. But. Elon Musk has been like talking. He's always been like backing up Dogecoin for some weird reason. You know, I, I, I think Elon Musk just kind of like trolls everybody. You know, he trolls the world, you know, and, you know, liberals can't stand him. Conservatives are like, oh, you know, you kind of support some things that we like, but, you know, you know to make it, you, you, you cool, you cool. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, so he bought Twitter, you know, and so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Is he going to reinstate Trump's account? You know, like, um, you know, all these people that got canned for, you know, um, being, you know, themselves <laughs> on, on Twitter. Yeah, I know that there's, you know, some hate speech and stuff like that. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, but anyway, here's an, here's a little article about it. It really doesn't say much uh, informative about TechCrunch. I mean, you can find it all over Twitter, and you can find it all over you know every single media outlet. Um, but you know, is Elon Musk? It's Elon Musk's Twitter. So what next? He bought it for forty eight billion dollars. So Twitter, the one the platform that once helped fuel the Arab Spring and occupy Wall Street, is now owned by the richest man in the world. And you have to wonder what's impact it's going to have um they say what's going to happen when twitter's owned by one person well it was owned by a board of you know well by the, the shareholders and the board who ran you know twitter but you know the board sat there and drove it into the ground in my opinion but um so i don't know I, either way good or bad i think it was time for twitter to make a change and to 
kind of just shake things up a little bit. Um, you know, so you can't really kick people off the playground just because they have a different viewpoint of you. So yeah. Um, and, and have a good outcome. So there are so many questions about how the company will change under Elon Musk's leadership. Will he make it better using his keen intelligence and business savvy to drive changes that have been overdue for years? Or will he try to remove some of the safeguards against harassment and misinformation that have been put into place to take the edge off its worst impulses? Um, this person, this author says, I've been on Twitter since May 2007. Uh, I've been on Twitter, me uh, personally, since um, uh, April or May. No, about yeah, about April 2020. So not long, man. Um, shoot. Yeah, I, I Twitter to me, I just never really bothered. It was just for like political people and it annoyed me. And, um, I didn't really feel like trying to learn a new interface. You know, I had Facebook and then I had Instagram and I was just like, I hate social media. And then i got involved with crypto Twitter. And that's when I started dealing with Twitter is I was got into the crypto world and the crypto world is on Twitter and you can't deny that. And I get a lot of fun news from crypto Twitter, good or bad. Um, but you can also uh, curate yourself into a total echo chamber. I see that happen with Link Marines, XRP Army, you know, the hexagons and stuff like that. And like the only people that they talk to and listen to are their own little tribe. And that can happen. And, you know, that's and Twitter kind of I guess the board was trying to make that happen for people with leftist views, you know. So, yeah, uh, well, now the space hopefully will open up, you know, and not everybody will lock. I guess you can personally lock yourself in your own little echo chamber. I try to keep viewpoints of people from all walks of life on my Twitter feed. And that's why I have just as many, uh, I'm following just as many people that follow me pretty much because I generally follow back regardless of what their viewpoint is just so I can kind of just like get that little sting of something when I see it. And I'm just like, Oh, I don't like that. That's a bad take, but it doesn't keep me from canceling them. All right. So anyway, um, so let's see here. It's been a place of fun and goodwill, something that may be hard for a lot of people to believe now. That was before the marketers discovered it and long before the haters turned into a highly politicized cesspool, a refuge for scoundrels, manipulators, and outright liars. Yeah. You know, my wife is like, I don't like Twitter. I don't even, plus I don't want to learn that new, you know, I just like TikTok. I'm like, ew, TikTok. <laughs> but, you know, she, you know, she likes TikTok. I like Twitter. So, you know, yeah. Um, but she's like, too many articles. She doesn't like to read articles. You know? <laughs> she's like, if I send her an article, it might as well just go into like a, a, a vacuum. She likes those little videos. So anyway, spreading lies and misinformation is not some new phenomenon, of course. Social media outlets like Twitter just made it a whole lot easier to, easier to do. A quote often attributed to Mark Twain, uh, though actually maybe Jonathan Swift, certainly drives home this fact. A lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth gets its boots on. Yep. Still, at one time, there were a lot more opt We were when we were a lot more optimistic. We saw social media in general as a great equalizer where you could interact with rock stars, politicians and executives in a great open town square where higher were flattened by the medium, but that was before the ugly underside began to show itself slowly at first and then a rushing torrent negative negativity, you know, and that's kind of to me how well, well I mean, DAOs to me are, are an equalizer, you know, um, they're organizations that are, are, are horizontal organizations and not top down organizations. They're ideally supposed to be able to follow 
code as the source as as, as the, what operates their treasury and voting systems and voting mechanisms all done using you know um using code and uh you know using blockchain and stuff like that um so and i've gotten to know many people who would be way out of my league uh you know in in the DAO space and Twitter used to kind of be that place. It was the great equalizer. You know, you could not, the only way you could um, get your views made known previously to that was like a letter to the editor, you know, and you know, be in that little column in the newspaper. And uh, before social media, that was, yeah, there was, yeah, you were the, you were the product and they told you the news. You know, you didn't share any news back, you know, to the to the newspapers and to the media outlets, you know, so it was a one sided relationship and social media made it a two sided relationship. Well, now DAOs and in uh, crypto and Web3 media all forming now as we know it right now, right happening right now is making it like a three dimensional type of space and, uh, you know, to where everybody gets to contribute and you know the 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 news creators and the news publishers you know are all and the news consumers are all interacting back and forth and earning from each other and there's no one central company um uh earning and and profiting off of all your data and news that you provide and this can be seen in things like the journo dow um, and there's a, a, a project that I'm interested interviewing tomorrow, actually, um, opencurrent.io. And OpenCurrent is a knowledge sharing platform. It, it has not launched. They have their white paper out and they're forming everything. Um, but uh, yeah, Web3 is fresh gift of knowledge. It's a knowledge exchange. It's basically like take, I guess, you know, market research companies um with you know source data and then with um reddit and then with um wordpress and people being able and gm.xyz people been able to form their own little knowledge communities and create little sub DAOs of the open current DAO and all be able to exchange knowledge back and forth and then to earn cryptocurrency for it the current token um so you know it's it's you know right now it's still like i said in its white paper stage i'm going to be interviewing um, one of the founders tomorrow so uh this should be an interesting interview because i really want to touch on this whole idea of um you know open source journalism and for them particularly they're they're an offshoot of current.com and current is a um, I guess a market research type of company that caters to corporations and stuff like that. You know, where do they get their, their info from, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Reuters, Associated Press, you know, the, 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 the media is owned um, by the BlackRock, you know, and Vanguard and, and the, the, you know, they're owned by the Rothschilds, you know, and, and they're, they're sponsored by Pfizer, like every single media outlet, there used to be what 88 media outlets. And now there's six and they're all owned by the same companies and owned by the Rothschild and sponsored by Pfizer. Like seriously, you cannot get objective news out there. If you try, unless you go to some of these alternative media platforms that are immediately discredited, you know? So, yeah, you know, 
where do people get product um, research from, market research? Where do they get their our media from? We get from Reuters and Associated Press and stuff like that. Um, but now with Web3 coming into play and things like Open Current and the Journal Dow now wants to buy a newspaper, um, you have uh, Ocean Protocol with the data marketplace would be where individuals and companies can upload their data sets to a decentralized marketplace and sell their data. I mean, it's it's things are opening up now and try because people are becoming aware that everything is completely centralized at the top as far as information and media. And we don't like that. You know, it's 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 choking our ability to learn and for individuals to be able to own their own data. We're now starting to wake up and realize the value of our data. So, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Um so that's what Open Current's kind of about. Um, like I said, it started here with a as a as a market research company, and then they have Open Current as a beta. And um, you know, so let's go take a quick look at that. And uh, um, it, it Open Current allows you to form you know things that you like and little communities that you like. You know, for instance, um, uh, Ethereum 2.0. We'll click on that one. Recently created, and it you know it shows all these subjects, and then it it has all these contributors contributing either their own research or articles around the topics that they have found to that. You know, and then people can comment on it, and you know they can earn the the currency token and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, it's a little bit kind of Reddit-ish, you know, but I, yeah, but kind of a Web3 version. And then um, Open Current, you should be able to connect your wallet and stuff like that and have it immediately. This is kind of a Web 2.0 beta version, but uh, the Web 3.0 will be fully uh, connected with your wallet. So interesting stuff, man. So I'm going I'm to be interested tomorrow to hear what he says. Um, anyway, so yeah, I wanted to move on past all that, talking about Elon Musk and you know, yeah, centralization and who knows what's going to happen with Elon Musk. There's another article here that um, a friend of mine, a crypto friend, New World Arter gave to me. Um, and I've kind of wondered this, you know, and I didn't know that I wondered this until I was sent this article. So, uh, but it's a it's a good article. What the f is x dot x y z? And if you've been in the crypto space, you have seen um, things like dot io dot x y z dot co dot a bunch of these other um, alternate um, endings where dot com used to be. And right now we're kind of sitting in a little web two to web three paradigm shift. And uh, we're starting to see this as well in our domain names. So what is XYZ? If you visited a company, a crypto company's website recently, you've probably visited a URL ending in .xyz instead of its Chugi or counterpart.com. Now, what is Chugi? I learned what Chugi is recently. Uh, my daughter is 22 and my wife, uh, well, she's 35 and I'm 10 years older than her. <laughs> and, but... Um, she told me, she said uh, something I said or did, I can't remember what it was, uh, or something I was wearing. I can't remember, what, uh, uh, but she, she said it was Chugi. And I was like, what the hell, dude? What's Chugi? And uh, she said, well, it's like when somebody um, does something that's outdated, not really outdated, but um, uh, like in her view, in her eyes, Hollister would be Chugi, you know, like something that's lame, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to judge anybody, but, uh, 
you know, the guys that wear the, the, the fishing shirts out with, with the Crocs, you know, and then put their, their sunglasses on upside down behind their hat, you know, like on the back of their head. That's a little chuggy to me, you know, <laughs> I sorry, man, but it is what it is, you know? And, uh, yeah, that, that's a little chuggy. Um, yeah, it's yeah. all right. Anyway, so beyond that, I just had to define what chuggy was. So, um, You've probably visited a URL ending in .xyz instead of as chugyourcounterpart.com. From fintech block, uh, formerly known as Square, to venture firm paradigm, to blockchain startups like mirror.xyz has become the go-to URL ending for many Web3 companies. But what does it mean and why has it caught on in the Web3 space? So .com's kind of being chuggy now, man. So now you got to move on to .xyz. .com is a thing of the past. .xyz is next. Come on. The .xyz released to the public in 2014, the first surge of popularity one year later when Google parent Alphabet decided to use it for their rebranded website. The internet behemoth had run into an increasingly widespread problem. The .com URLs uh, for their brand were already taken with BMW's fleet management division using alphabet.com and American Broadcasting Corporation at abc.com. So Alphabet, which is Google, decided to open up shop at abc.xyz, which is presented an unlimited branding opportunity for its futuristic company. Daniel Nagari um, said this. He's a 36-year-old founder and CEO, told TechCrunch in an email. All right, so now .xyz may be one of the top five level domains um uh, tld t top level i did not know that acronym in the world by traffic according to the company's own dns data um, .xyz was created to provide users around the world competition and choice when it comes to their domain name and is the first truly generic domain extension with no inherent meaning According to Nagari, while .com was meant for commercial use, .net for networks, and .org for organizations, Nagari envisioned .xyz as the TLD, the top-level domain, choice for users who felt they did not fit neatly into one of these categories or wanted to stand out. I firmly believe, and that's, that's kind of the thing about this, you know, the newer generation, the newer generation of folks, of kids, you know, when nobody really feels like they want to fit into any particular category, you know, um, so everybody wants to stand out in some way, shape, or form, and .xyz kind of helps people do that. I firmly believe the market has adopted our mantra for every website everywhere, Nagari said. Our mantra of openness and inclusion for everyone and everything has bled through into a community of creative thinkers that has embraced .xyz as their domain. So how .xyz met Web3, because this show is all about Web3 and crypto. Um, Nagari is an active investor with numerous investments in the space, including Gemini, MoonPay, and BlockFi, he said. Because of his interest in crypto, he reached out to Ethereum name service creator Nick Johnson to pitch him a collaboration, a collab. All right. The historical collaboration allowed early adopters to use .xyz as their wallet address. So I have EurekaJohn.eth. I could also have EurekaJohn.xyz. So hold on, hold on a second. All right, so ENS users, ENS allows users to create a universal nickname for all their crypto addresses, providing a searchable database to make crypto wallets and transactions, which otherwise reside on a variety of different platforms, more easily accessible. So users can now create profiles to share their social media handles or their personal information in ENS using its native .eth domain or on a .xyz domain. So if you have a wallet address, a MetaMask, right, and um, you don't want to use that long string of characters and numbers, 
Um, you can just go and register that wallet address with ENS, just like you do with a DNS. You know, and you know, for instance, DNS is your IP address that you buy, and then you put a name to it. You know, you know EurekaJohn.com. I wonder if anybody has that. But anyway, crap, don't buy it. I got anyway. Um, no, I I have EurekaJohn.eth. I don't even need the Chugi.com one, man. You know, so um, so yeah, um, that allows me to attach to my wallet address my name, and then it makes it people easy easy for people to find it. I, I've attached my Twitter address to that as well. So people can find me on Twitter and that's really it. No other information. Nobody has my credit card information or any other crap like that. Um, so XYZ has continued to find ways to collaborate with ENS and work with the crypto community and announced this week. It, it, it that, that, it, okay. It announced this week, sorry, that it launched its ETH.XYZ service. So this is a little old, this article, um, because that happened a little while ago. Let's see when this article was. Uh, December 28th. Yeah. All right. So, and I've talked about this on this show before too, but I didn't really know. I, I didn't put two and two together. All right. So, um, so it launched this ETH.XYZ service, allowing users to search individual ENS profiles simply by adding .XYZ to the end of their .ETH name, rather than having to go to the ENS database to look them up, Nagari said. All right, so let's try this out. Um, Eureka John dot ETH dot XYZ. All right, let's see what happens. Um, yeah, I, I have not done this in, well, I think I tried it last December, maybe. Yeah, there it is. And it just pulls me right up. So if somebody knows my profile name and they know, ah, it pulls up my NFTs too. Yeah. So yeah, I got this bankless NFT here, the hodler. Cool. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I have an unknown ES, ENS name. Uh, all right. Cool, man. And um, yeah, there's my <laughs> ETH address. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to know all about me on, on my crypto space, just do that. All right. So um, all right. So by allowing cryptocurrency holders to buy domains and their preferred names using Ethereum, ENS has creatively monetized users desire to leverage the internet as an identity building tool. And this is a way to decentralize your identity. So people don't necessarily have to know where you live and your credit card info. Uh, so Shopify CEO, Toby Lukey, for example, bought the ENS domain name Toby.eth earlier this month for 30 ether equivalent to more than $120,000 at the time of the transaction. Although .xyz domains currently fall under the purview of the DNS system, they right now they do, uh, managed by Internet Regulatory Authority ICANN, um, I-C-A-N-N, uh, several parties are now working to develop a decentralized alternative to this system to underpin Web3. TechCrunch's Amanda Silberling reported .xyz strategy to align itself proactively with Web3 companies could present a host of new monetization opportunities based on identity and ownership in a decentralized web as this generation of internet users stakes new claims on domains. Cool, man. So .xyz runs a blog where it highlights companies, many of them Web3 native, that have chosen to use this domain name ending and cites reasons why. Some of them opted to use it for simple logistical reasons. D5 platform Matcha said that the .xyz web extension gave it many more naming options. And Ethereum data tool Dune chose .xyz for a more concise 
allowed for a more concise web address. I assume dune.com was taken, you know, the dune, the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's domains available to anyone who wants to purchase them also tend to be more affordable compared to the alternatives to that end. XYZ launched a class of domain names known as 1.111 B, which are six to nine numerical domains available for 99 cents each year. All right. I think I saw that somewhere else. I don't know. Beyond its convenience and accessibility, some Web3 builders see .xyz as symbolic representation of their ambitions to build a new internet. We chose .xyz because it symbolizes decentralization and the new wave of Web3 applications. Reka, the founder of decentralized autonomous organization AgoraDAO. So the, the founder of AgoraDAO wrote that because it symbolizes a new decentralization in the new wave of Web3 applications. Nagari agrees that XYZ's cultural significance may be one of its most important attributes as it represents the next generation of online innovation after the dot-com era. So like I said, we're moving from Web2 to Web3. Might as well let the, the uh, URL names reflect that. The community is made up of hundreds of, to, to, to thousands of, of to millions of individuals and small businesses who are actively breaking away from the status quo to take a stand for the future, to take a stand against chuginess. Uh, Nagari said, you do not have to be, oh, no, he didn't say the chuggy part. You do not have to be a nonprofit organization or a commercial registrant. You can be whatever and whoever you want. And that is the beauty of Web3. As long as you just grab yourself a little Ethereum address and uh, have some Ethereum in your wallet to be able to you know, buy a domain, then you're good to go, man. You're good to go. All right. Oh, well, thanks, New World Order, for that article. Um, thanks for all all the people that send me stuff. Um, but, um, Bunker Boy Gober, or IDEX intern, sorry. He sends me a lot of stuff, man. I appreciate the, the, all the info and the alpha that I get sent. You know, every once in a while, CryptoFoo will send me some stuff, you know, some stuff to look at. So yeah, man, a lot of people contribute in those ways, and, and uh, you know, Brain Challenge has commented on on my YouTube video, and you know, turned me on to some things that I need to talk about. Um, I need to talk about Coinbase NFTs at some point. So I appreciate the people that give me feedback and talk to me about this stuff. This is why that I started doing this is it was me being able to reach out and talk to people about this this topic of crypto that is is constantly just like on my mind all day, every day. So yeah, it's nice to be able to know that there's other people out there. Like I said, this show is my message in a bottle, you know, and I send it out there every episode to try to get feedback and talk to people about everything that's happening. Want to know if the opinions that I have are like really weird or if they're absolutely in on point and in line with what is actually happening, you know, because I'm not sitting here saying that, you know, I'm right or some kind of source of truth because I'm not, I'm just trying to figure this out. And I'm really happy that, um, you know, this, this world is crypto world has allowed such a, a horizontal playing field for people of all levels and walks of life to be able to interact with like i said tomorrow the person i'm interviewing is like totally out of my league you know but uh you know he's coming on this little show to talk to me about you know a decentralized you know knowledge sharing platform so all right anyway i will talk to you guys tomorrow um let me get over here okay all right yeah, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I won't be on, um, and I'll have that video posted, I guess, in the afternoon um, or early evening. So I won't be on in the morning. All right. Um, anyway, give me a thumbs up, and I will talk to you later.
Bye. I got to get my ass to work. Bye. Oh, come on, man. There we go. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically, if you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.